Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Technology Forward. I'm Leslie Langnaw, your host. The capabilities of additive manufacturing have yet to be fully explored. Add in all the new materials that are arriving, and now you have a situation where the opportunities to learn are nearly endless. For many, the question though is still how best to take advantage of this new way to make things. The DARPA Transformative Design Trades Program was created to develop foundational design tools that will help designers take more advantage of the capabilities of additive technology. With me here today is Mark Burhop, Principal Investigator with the research arm of Siemens to discuss what's going on. Hello, Leslie. Hi, Mark. So what's going on? So what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're, we're having a really good time right now working on some of these new problems here. Quite, quite challenging. So uh, yeah, we, we just wrapped up a, you know, you're talking about our transformer design project. We just wrapped up our, our DARPA program with that. What that came out of was a few years ago, 2015, 2016, DARPA kind of realized the design tools needed to keep up with what's going on with additive manufacturing. The, you know, a lot of the, the, the added manufacturing vendors like to say you get complexity for free. And, right. and, and while we know that's not completely accurate, there's, there's some elements <laughs> of it that are, that, are, that are pretty true about it. And, and one of the challenges then was how do you get the design software to be able to do all that complexity as well? So things like lattices and these really organic shapes and all these other things could be a little challenging for kind of what was the standard way of doing it with, with boundary representations and, and design software. So DARPA likes to do big things, revolutionary things. They're not afraid of failure. And what they kind of challenged everybody to do was uh, how can you come up with several orders of magnitude more complexity in, in design software? And uh, we had been exploring uh, a couple things related to representing geometry via algorithms or, or a program. And uh, so we applied for this. We won the grant and been working on that for the last few years. It was very successful. We, you know, the, the concept that we came up with was basically representing geometry uh, with a program. And kind of the idea behind that was rather than instantiating all the geometry that you have when you need it. So, you know, right now, you would, if you had a, a simple part, you, you would have the geometry and you'd have it all, you know, faceted and displayed. What we wanted to do was evaluate that geometry kind of lazily and locally. And what that means is lazily means you didn't have all the geometry in the computer in memory. You only created that geometry when you needed the geometry. And it was also done in a, in a local fashion, meaning if you had some really, really complex part, you didn't have to have the whole part there. You only had to instantiate the piece of the part uh, that was important at that time. Another analogy to use would be uh, DNA. If you have DNA, you can think of DNA as a program. And if you're trying to study elephants, you, they're huge and they take a lot of space, uh, but the DNA of an elephant is very compact. It's just a program. It tells you how to create an elephant, tells the elephant how to grow in different environments and do different things. And it's a much more concise way of passing information around or, or, or in doing, uh, doing different things. Let me, let me ask a question here. I was, I was just having a conversation recently with somebody else about for additive, uh, and at least for the CAD programs, the computer, the hardware computer is not really keeping up 
with what's needed, especially when you compare this with like some of the programs that Disney and some of the animation companies are doing, but that it's going to get there. And so CAD in itself is going to have to undergo a fundamental change yeah. in order to keep up with additive manufacturing. That's one of the things that I heard. You want to yeah. comment about that? Yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, and I think it's it's maybe not just CAD, but it's all the, you know, we talk about the design process. So today design is not just creating some CAD software. It's also been able to analyze and simulate it and optimize it as well. And even beyond that, the optimization has to take into account manufacturability. So you get all these, a lot of people are putting things on LinkedIn and all these pretty wonderful looking shapes, but you can't actually make them. Uh, they look great on LinkedIn, but uh, you really need your optimization to take that into account too. And I think that was the other aspect that, that the DARPA trades program was looking at is how do you start for example, we had access to the Texas Advanced Computing Center uh, hardware uh, as okay. part of the program. And so when we, we looked a lot at you know multiple things, high-performance high computing, looking at GPUs, and, and looking at parallelizing things as well. So there's other teams that looked at some of these other aspects, but we, we took advantage of it as well. So for example, in our trades program, you know, we talked about things are distributed. Now, all of a sudden, we can use multiple GPUs to do the analysis as well. So these, again, this is all research right now. This is not things that are, that are so they're starting to show up in, in, in the commercial software, but, but these are the things that I think are, are going to really change uh, design in the future and really make it so that the design has, has a lot less difficulty and maybe even gets ahead of what, you know, what's capable with additive manufacturing today. Now, how does this relate with what you were just telling me about the DARPA program where you're kind of, the amount of information that you have is not necessarily all located on one computer? Yeah, well, it is it's kind of located. It's located within one program. So the information is okay. there. Now, let's say you have this really gigantic, complicated piece uh, and you want to get like the simple, the mass of the thing, it, it, but it's huge, right? With lots of complexity. Today, you would, you would sit down on your computer would calculate that, and that's fine. But if you had so much geometry, you can't do that everywhere. So you would look at distributing that across multiple GPUs, CPUs, multiple computers, so that each little piece can be calculated. So this one takes care of this corner, the other one takes care of the middle, the other takes care of the other corner, and then at the end, you put it all together. Same thing with, with simulation and you know optimization as well. So the, this, I think, is, is maybe the future is not so much CAD on a single platform, but you, you have an interface there that, that reaches out to scalable computer that's out on the cloud or, or mm -hmm. some you know high performance cluster or something like that. So now how does this DARPA initiative relate to something like topology de design and that kind of software? Yeah, so it, it, it's very closely related to it. So if you, there's a lot of different definitions of topology optimization right. and generative design and you know, lattice optimization and so on. So I some you know for my definition here, I, I tend to think of generative design are things that are being developed with a computer and topology optimization is maybe a, a piece of generative design. Other pieces of that would be the things that you might do with lattices and, and so on. Uh, and then there's other areas now where topology optimizations may be looking at multiple materials, uh, which is, you know, one of the hopefully future promises of additive that you can start uh, mixing materials, have graded materials and so on. One of the things we look at then is if you have lattices, lattices can sometimes be thought as kind of a, 
uh, a meta material, an architected material, uh, where you have some material properties that are actually different than the actual material. So if you had a lattice in metal, as, as a bulk property, it'd have different material properties than the actual metal. So now, as you start to do some topology optimization and you think about different material properties and different points in the design, you can start to think about that can be different materials, but it could also be different lattices or lattice types uh, that you do. So, you know, we talk about design space, all the things you could possibly do for a design. Yeah. And it, it really opens things up a lot, especially as, you know, additive grows and in, in, in design technology grows, uh, where you're able to kind of specify the material properties that you need. In one of the areas that I'm seeing a lot of new product announcements coming on involve software for additive for such things as lattices, for such things as, as some of the CAD yeah. and stuff. What is your take on that? That's kind of like just the next big thing for the next I, few years. I, and then you know, I, I always, you know, I, I was at a, um, an additive manufacturing conference one time and they were talking about, you know, the big things that are going on in additive. And it was like, well, machines and materials. And it's like, well, it's, it's three things, right? It's machines, <laughs> materials, and software. Yeah. And, uh, so, so for me, it's always it's always been those three things. I, I think it's becoming a little more visible as you know maybe the materials. You kind of have a feel for what materials you want to use now. You kind of got machines you're going to buy. Now you start thinking, wow, I can do these really amazing things. How am I going to do that? And people are coming back now looking at at uh, the software. So topology optimizations is a is a really good one because it, you know it doesn't fit real well with sheet metal bending or uh, <laughs> other things like that, right? But if you want to uh, manufacture it, additive is great. So the topology optimization and additive go together really well. Um, I think there's, you know, again, with these lattices, uh, the same thing, uh, anything, any kind of complicated geometry, I think this is really where the, the software is going to uh, really kind of shine. So I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty excited about this. I really, you know, for me, I like the software. I mean, I got several 3D printers. Uh, in my basement as well as at work. So, but yeah, I, I probably have more fun playing with the software and coming up with innovative designs than, than anything. So now was the, the DARPA trade program, was that involved in Lattice software at all? Or is that like a separate piece? No, it, it, it Lattice software. So yeah, we, we basically did focus a lot on Lattice software, mainly because it's, it's a good example of really complicated geometry okay. uh, that you uh, that people struggle with right now. And, and a lot of, the, even the lattice software you, that you look at right now, a lot of times it tends to be very, the lattices are very regular. They got these unit cells and it's just a copy of the unit cells all the way around. Whereas what we will do is we'll have, we don't call them unit cells, but if you think of unit cells, we could have them warping and, and, and changing and wrapping around things and doing all kinds of amazing things uh, where the geometry is not the same from place to place. Uh, so it's really, there's some really powerful things that are that are out there that can be done. Now, is that kind of software available now or is that gonna be coming? No, it's still still research. So that's the <laughs> that's the, the, the big thing. No, it's, 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 yeah, it's all of it's coming. It's just a question of, you know, um, yeah. customer demand and, and, you know, how it goes with, with CAD companies. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the research side for, for me, it's, you know, can't come fast enough, but uh, you know, a lot depends on, you know, how quickly customer need things like that and how quickly they push it. But there's a lot of needs for it. The, I mean, the big ones are, you know, aer aerospace and even the space industry right now. If you can reduce weight on things, uh, it's a huge, huge savings. So there's a lot being pushed there. Other things like 
protective equipment. Uh, if your your helmets in the NFL, or if you you ride bicycles, or if you're even your shoes for your feet, you, you see a lot of lattices and conformal lattices made out of uh, new materials, especially polymers, are are getting to be really popular. So there's lots and lots of needs. Vibration dampening. Uh, I you know I could go on several other examples. So you know kind of as that grows and people realize what you can do with this. I think, you know, you can see a lot more interest in, in, in what you can do with software too. Now, I may be very naive about this, but my familiarity with lattices really does a lot with filling in spaces in a design for additive manufacturing in order to lightweight. Right. More than anything. But I'm hearing that there's a lot more that you can do with lattices. Yeah, I, I think that's... That's probably the big one right now, and and people like that because it's it's a nice way to lightweight parts, um, do some other things there. So, yeah, I, I have a slide, uh, several slides on my deck showing different different places where that's showing up. So, you know, for example, in shoes, you don't necessarily have to fill in the space, although you obviously want the bottom of the shoe to be solid, and maybe the, the support above is solid, uh, but the lattice can kind of flow through. Uh, you may have spaces between, you know, the, the inner shell of a, of a rocket and the outer shell uh, where there might be a lot of vibration. So you can absorb a lot of the vibration that way with the, with the lattices too. Other areas, you know, heat sinks and so on are, are other places where you, you want to conduct heat, but you also want to take advantage of convection uh, as well. So, so those are, are places that, that show up. Um, I'm trying to picture my slides now, what other things I had on there. <laughs> well, um, I heard that, that um, it can also help with mechanical properties. Yeah, well, that's that's the one that I'm kind of excited about because we haven't really, you know, one of the promises of additive is being able to mix materials. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you see a little bit maybe with multiple colors and things like that, but that's, you know, colors as a property is nice, but as a mechanical engineer, we want to change stiffness and we want to change uh, durability and, and all lots of other things there. And, and so lattices, uh, and so if you can't have multiple materials to really control the material properties, lattices are a really nice way to use a single material and still get that variation of material properties. And, and if you can tune that, it's, it's great. So what do you see happening in the additive industry in the next few years? What are some of the, both the major challenges and major success possibilities? Yeah, that's, that's really a good question. Um, the challenge, you know, what I, what I would like to see, and this isn't so much, uh, I think this is what a lot of additive manufacturing people, uh, users in particular, would like to see are more, more types of materials, more accuracy, more predictability in the, in the parts and so on. So that's, that's really a hard thing. There's a lot of uh, work being done on, on simulation of, of different processes and being able to predict, you know, if you're centering something, for example, being able to predict what your final shape is going to be uh, when you, you um, uh, do some work there. Uh, so I, I think that's going to, uh, I, I'm hoping that continues and, and starts to really improve so that we can, we can really take advantage of the, the flexibility of additive manufacturing. Other things, you know, for me, going back to the software, the, the things that I like are the, the freedom of expression that you get with additive. Uh, so there's a lot you can do on the, on the software side in terms of we're representing um, software with a program here. So we can start looking at algorithm modeling and uh, using uh, implicit geometry and all kinds of, there's just so many neat things there that you can maybe use a little bit in traditional methods, but 
at the end of the day, you, you generally wanted, you know, flat sides and things that you can pull out of molds and bends at 90 degrees that, you know, with additive, maybe you don't care so much about. So now is the DARPA trace thing, is that just primarily research or are we going to actually see some products coming out of that that yeah. users will be yeah. able to use? Uh, so that's the way, in, in theory, the way Siemens technology works is that, in, in so we're not, uh, we're not, you know, basically one of the business units, we're, we're really focused on research and we support our other business units or we support, you know, DARPA, Department of Energy, those types, America makes, uh, those types of folks. So what we try to do is bring the technology from a, from a low, what would be a, a low technology readiness level to the point where that it can actually be starting being used in the real world uh, by, you know, real manufacturers, real product designers and so on. You know, we had some really good things come out of trades. You know, obviously we're talking to Siemens DISW, uh, digital industry software uh, about some of these things. There, there's a lot of different ideas. So, so I'm, I'm sure some of those will show up in the product down the road. Other ones may be, you know, maybe it's too long or maybe not enough customers are asking. They don't, they don't show up there. But yeah, we have some really good, you know, from my perspective, we have some really good things uh, here and uh, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, kind of what happens with it. What's the next hard problem you want to work on? Oh, uh, there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's some good ones right now. Yeah, so I, I won't get in trouble saying I won't get in trouble saying this, but uh, the space industry's got some great uh, challenges here. Oh yeah, uh, and and so we we talked about you know light weighting, and in this this is an area that they needed a lot. And we, we talk about you know added manufacturing. It's another another thing that that's very exciting in the space industry as well, because uh, if you can print up in space uh, out of materials that are available in space, it's it's a really nice nice solution. If you can, uh, if you can design something up there rather than designing it on the ground and having to make it really, really strong so that it doesn't break during the launch or all these other things, you, you can, you can do some amazing things. So I think there's some really, uh, you know, if, if I was to look at dream projects, that those are some of the things I, I would be looking at. I've enjoyed it a lot lately because CAD has been, I don't want to say stable, but, but it's been a very progressive set of improvements over the last, you know, 30 years or so. And I think there's some really big things that could be happening uh, in, in the next few years. Okay. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I, I, like I said, I, I think this is uh, an exciting industry to be in right now. A uh, lot going on and uh, uh, additive is, is, you know, fun to watch right now. And, and everyone should be watching out for the software because there's some, some really good algorithms and really good things uh, coming along that's really going to make those additive machines do some wonderful things make it a lot easier and a lot better yeah all righty well thank you 